Welcome to Cheers. I'm your host, Avery Woods. Hi guys, welcome back to the Cheers podcast. I'm your host, Avery Woods, and I just put my kids down, by the way, so we are enjoying a nice little glass of wine. Wherever you are, cheers. Thank you for being here. Today is a very exciting episode because if you are an OG Instagram follower of mine, then you know that I used to do a very famous segment on my stories called Saucy Saturday. And every Saturday, people would ask very taboo questions and I would answer them very honestly, probably too honestly, to be honest with you, because I took a little bit of a hiatus, not going to lie, because I was getting so much heat about these questions. But here's the thing. If you know me, you know I'm just honest. I don't hold back. I don't care what people think about me. And if you don't agree with what I talk about or don't like me, that's fine. You're still watching me, right? So thank you for the support. But basically, I answer any questions regarding relationships, sex, any type of intimacy. I'm just honest. I'm honest, okay? And I feel like it's become an outlet for a lot of women to ask me questions and not saying that I'm any sort of expert by any means. I think it's just nice to kind of feel like you're talking to another woman about these kind of things. So I asked on my stories and we're bringing it to the podcast. I originally, when I started this podcast, actually was going to make it the Saucy Saturday podcast and only talk about this stuff, but I didn't want to kind of close off any other subjects or topics. And then that's when I kind of thought that I wanted to have guests on. So I kind of want to make it a segment on here. I'm thinking maybe once a month. I feel like that would be so much fun. But you guys asked and you asked some good questions, so we're going to go through it. I want to give a disclaimer on this episode. If you are my parents, please, for the love of God, do not listen to this episode or watch this episode. I am begging you. I promise I will never put you in a home. Just don't ever listen to this episode because I will scar your ears will be bleeding, especially you, dad. Also, if subjects about sex make you uncomfortable, please don't watch this or listen to this. Also, trigger warning, if there's any sort of history with sexual abuse or trauma, please don't listen or watch this. It's very important. I want this to be a safe space of open discussion, and I feel like women need that, you know? Like, I got all my girls here with me, so let's chat about it. All right, first question was, how did I lose my virginity? And... Well, I lost my virginity because I had sex, but <laughs> the details of it are I was way too young. I was 15 years old, which just is insane to me because my oldest daughter is almost that age, and I'm like, you are a child. You are an infant, basically, and it's just one of those things where it's just life. Life is crazy, right? You like, you look back on that stuff and you're like, God, I was so young. What was I thinking? But in the moment you're like, yes, this is a hundred percent the right decision. So if you guys didn't know, I had the same boyfriend from when I was 15 until I was 18 years old. So I was a sophomore in high school when we started dating and we broke up freshman year of college. And I learned so much, grew so much, but it's also such an important age where 
a young teenager is becoming a woman and I was never on my own. So I feel like I was constantly living for someone else. And this is no animosity at all towards my high school boyfriend, like literally at all. I'm just kind of talking out loud. I wish him all the best. I just think it's so hard when all of a sudden you're on your own and you're thinking for yourself because you like my mind was so clouded, you know, because I was so obsessedly in love with him, like just head over heels. He was my entire world. And I do feel like I felt almost an internal pressure to have sex with him because people in my school and my friends were having sex or like talking about it. And he was so popular and idolized and big into sports. And I never felt good enough for him. And that was, again, not on him at all. I just feel like I struggled with my insecurities. And I was like, why is this super popular boy so in love with me, you know? And so I felt like I internally pressured myself to have sex with him in order to have him stay with me when that shouldn't have been the case at all. But we did. And that's okay. That's just part of my life. And again, I was with him till I was 18, you know, and then I met David after. But um, my, we were in my childhood bedroom. That is just so weird to say out loud. But he lit candles and that was that. And I remember it not really hurting, but just being like, okay, that's it. I'm a woman. I literally was like, you are a woman now. No, I was very young, but that's how it happened. And I have no regrets. I don't have any regrets in life. It's everything's a learning lesson and I'm grateful for the lessons that he taught me. And, you know, that's just part of my story. How do you keep it alive in the bedroom with little kids? We have a two-year-old and six-month-old. Well, you're doing amazing. That is a hard age gap. Actually, any age gap is hard. Kids are just hard in general. But I feel like it is so hard to keep intimacy, especially after kids, because your marriage never comes first again. Like your kids will always come before. And that's okay. That's just life. Like I... I hope that David always puts our kids above me, you know, and vice versa. But I feel like you have to prioritize the foundation of your family. And you guys came before your kids. And trust me, this is better said than done. Or I'm sorry, easier said than done. Because I by no means have any sort of perfect marriage. I'm not on some pedestal like you need to keep your intimacy because Dave and I have gone through so many ebbs and flows and learned so much over the last decade. But the things that I have learned are just setting small goals for yourself in your marriage in the sense of, first of all, communication is obviously so important, but I feel like, especially with a six month old baby, like it's so hard. You're probably still up at night with your baby and you're probably producing milk and all these things that you just don't feel good about yourself. You're going through postpartum, your body's changed. You don't feel good about yourself. So you don't want your husband to see you. Like I remember feeling all of those things. And what helped me was, first of all, I always feel a little bit disconnected with David if I feel like we aren't intimate enough. Meaning like if we go too long between having sex, I feel like I'm not as connected with him and I just miss him. 
because that's time for us and like our love. So I feel like if you set a goal for yourself, even if it's once a week to be like once a week, let's pick one night a week. And I know this feels like a schedule and a task, but don't look at it that way. I feel like it's something for you guys to look forward to, to be able to have that night to be intimate together. And I also feel like it helps when you can connect emotionally first. So like if the kids go down, you can do like a little in-home date night. So you don't have to get a sitter or pay to go to dinner. Just like make a little charcuterie board, watch a movie, catch up on your day, and then you can be intimate together. Also, you're you just had a baby, right? Or even even now, my my baby's almost three years old and I still don't feel like my body's the same. Get something that makes you feel sexy. Like there are lingerie that is so hot that's modest. So if you're not ready to show your body fully, like get something that makes you feel good and confident about you. And I guarantee your man or woman, whoever it is, is like, holy shit, that's my person. Let's get freaky. All right. Next question. And God, I hope my family's not listening to this is tips for anal sex. Scotty, would you like to take it over from here? (laughs) So Listen, again, I'm just an open book. And for years, I've talked about the fact that I love anal. I'll shout it from the rooftops. I love anal. Listen, okay. It's just, I, okay, let me, let me give you the full backstory. Okay. I was always asked by guys if they could fuck my butt. And that's just because I have a big juicy ass. I can't help it. It came from my mom. Like she really is 65 and looks incredible. But they always wanted to hit it from the back, not like vaginally, but you know, you know what I'm saying? And I was always like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be wearing a diaper for the rest of my life. I'm not going to shit all over your penis. Like there's no way. And then I met David and he, I just, well, first of all, I just knew he was the one. So I was already obsessed with him immediately, but very quickly into dating he was like, hey, just so you know, anal's my fetish. And I was like, well, damn it. Gotta give it to him because I was obsessed with him. So this is what I did. My nerdy ass self found this book. And I wish I remember the name of it. But again, this was like a decade ago. I found this book book online that I bought and downloaded on like my old ass Dell computer And it was a doctor that wrote a book about like the anatomy of anal sex. And I was so infatuated with it because I'm like a very factual, scientific-based person, which is why I went to nursing school. But it was so interesting to read about how to have anal correctly, how to make sure you're not going to get hurt from it, how to be safe. The fact that you don't need to douche, like all these different things. And I learned so much. So let me tell you what I've learned. I've learned if you have regular bowel movements, you do not need to douche. Meaning if you poop once a day, you will not be pooping on someone's penis. I've been doing it for 10 years. It's never happened once. Not even a speck. Not even a little speckle schmeck, okay? Not even one. If you think you have enough lube, double it. I'm telling you right now, 
Having two glasses of wine doesn't hurt because the butt is a muscle. So you need to be able to relax. You kind of have to push out almost like you're having a bowel movement. I know this is so weird. Okay, just trust me. I'm giving honest advice. God, I for real feel like a porn star or something. It's kind of iconic. Um, here's the thing though. This is why I enjoy anal. First of all, I was so against it and I'll be straight up. I had never at that time been able to have an orgasm unless it was from a vibrator or oral sex. I could not get off just with vaginal intercourse. So I didn't really enjoy it very much, especially because I didn't realize that you could use a vibrator while having sex, but we'll get there. I'm telling you right now, within the first five minutes of anal sex, I came immediately. It was the craziest thing I've ever experienced because it's like a totally different sensation. And then I was like obsessively researching about it because I wanted to know more about it. And I feel like I've, it's just been fun to kind of incorporate something else. And it's kind of like one of those taboo things. So men really love it. And I don't know, it's just fun to kind of spice it up. And I know people say so many negative things about it, but I've never had a negative experience. And I would tell you, like, I would tell you if I was wearing a diaper right now, because I'm just uncontrollably shitting everywhere I go. I promise that's not the case. (laughs) I'm actually dead at this question. (laughs) How many times a week you fucking with two young kitties laugh my ass off two kids here myself? I love that. So I think it's different every week. I think it also just like depends. I travel so much for work. Sometimes we travel together, yes. But I'm like, if the kids are being rough or I'm working late at night, like right now I'm recording a podcast, so David's inside by himself. It's just, it just depends. I would say my goal is always two to three times a week, if we can. But that's not usually ever two days in a row. Sometimes. That's very rare. Also, this man, he listen, he could snore through anything. Like, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go rinse off because I'm like, just got home from the gym or something. I'm going to go rinse off, be out in a second. And I'm like, totally planning on going to pound town. He's just in the bed. Just passed out. And I'm like, okay, well, guess not tonight. But that's just life. Like, I'm never going to be in the mindset where like I have to have sex three days a week or else our marriage is failing. It's just not realistic. But if it happens two or three times a week, I'm not going to be mad at it. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty good for 10 years together. Like I'm pretty proud of that. Did you always use vibrators or was this something you used after you got married? I didn't start using vibrators until David and I started dating. And... I think the reason I started using them was because of what I was talking about earlier, how I couldn't have an orgasm vaginally without any sort of like clit stimulation. And so we started incorporating a vibrator. I've been using the same damn vibrator from Amazon for like a decade. I'm telling you, obviously I've bought multiple of them over time, but it's the same brand in my Amazon storefront if you're interested. But that thing's a beast. I'm telling you, she is a loyal girl and I, ugh, I just can't when women message me or ask me like, what do I do if my husband doesn't let me use a vibrator? They're a pussy, respectfully. 
if they're that insecure that they will not allow you to have help in the bedroom to come to a climax, but they can get off every time, it's an ick. I'm sorry. Do you know less than 30% of women can actually have an orgasm with only vaginal penetration and not clit stimulation? Like, that's crazy. So give your man that statistic and let him know. Sorry, I'm just going off on a tangent. But when women ask me that, I'm like, ew, it's giving insecure. No offense. Also, I'm like, do you want us to have a fake orgasm? Anyways, okay. So yeah, I started using it when Dave and I first started dating because I think him encouraging me also helped me because I was in the mindset where I didn't want to embarrass him or make him feel bad. But he was the one that kind of brought it up and I was like, oh, you're right. And then my whole life was changed. Also going back on the anal subject, using a vibrator helps so much because if you're using a vibrator on your clit, then you're going to relax so much more. And then I promise you, you'll probably like anal. All right, the next question is, why did you decide to get your nipples pierced? If you didn't know, surprise, my nipples are pierced. I actually, I did it before. It was really cool. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not that cool of a trendsetter. But I did have my nipples pierced before I ever had kids. So I think I got them pierced. Oh, my God. Was I 20? 20. 20 or 21. And I remember seeing a picture on Instagram of this girl in a bathing suit with her nipples pierced and you could kind of see like the outline of it. And I was like, damn, that's kind of hot. I like that. And then I started researching it and like looking at pictures and I was like, wait, I love that. And I also, you guys know I've always loved piercings. I think I have like 15 in my ears. It's just ridiculous. I've had so many different piercings on my body, but I just love that it was kind of like my own little secret, like intimate, sexy thing that just me and David saw. I thought that was so fun. And I don't know. It was just kind of like a badass, sexy piercing. And so I got them done at like 20 or 21. And people always ask me about the pain. I do have really high pain tolerance. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But I really don't think it was that bad. I will say it was the quickest healing piercing I've ever gotten. Like it was fully healed in probably two or three weeks. And I do take really good care of my piercings, but it really healed so fast. It was so fun to have. I loved how they looked. I loved the stimulation. I loved how they looked in like my bathing suits. I just thought it was such a hot piercing to have. And it was honestly, I fully got it for me. I didn't even get it for David. I just thought it was so fun. And then... Fast forward to a few years down the road when I was maybe 20 weeks pregnant with Ziggy, I took them out so that they could fully heal because I wanted to breastfeed. And obviously a baby can't nurse on the jewelry and I wanted it to be fully closed or closed up because I did read that baby can get sometimes too much milk if you have the piercing holes. I don't know if that's true or not. Don't hold me to that. But I took them out. They fully healed. And then I remember when I took them out, I was like, once we're fully done having kids and I get new boobs, I will get them re-pierced. So fast forward, literally five and a half years later, that's exactly what happened. Had Stevie, nursed her for 14 months, dried up milk for six or eight months, 
And then I got my lifted implants. And as soon as the doctor gave me the clearance, which I think was like eight weeks post-op for my boob job, I immediately got them repierced. And what was nice was when you get a lift, when they take your nipple off and like replace, not replace it. God, this is getting so graphic. I'm so sorry. When they lift it up to like match where your lift is, your nipples go numb like for almost a full year. My sensation is like just now coming back and I'm not, I'm two months away from one year post-op. No, one month away. I got them done in March. So one month away from one year post-op and I still have barely any nipple sensation. So when I was eight weeks post-op, I was like, I need to get them pierced now because I don't feel a thing. I swear to God, I laid on the table. I could have taken a nap. I had no idea she was even touching my nipple. It was incredible because I got my nipple piercings back and I didn't feel the piercing. It was amazing. And I love them. I think they're so fun. So cute. I have little like gold jewelry with diamond hearts. And I just think it's so fun. Like, listen, I'm a cool mom that gets her nipples pierced. Okay. What's it to you? Where is your favorite place to make love aside from the normal bed? Guys, I hate to break it to you. We are like totally bed sex people. I also think it is so hard to have sex anywhere outside the bed when you're David's height. He's so tall. And I got a bunch of questions asking me about sour. Sorry, God, I can't talk. Shower sex tips. You guys, we can't have sex in the shower because he's so tall. It doesn't matter what position we're in. He cannot stand up and have sex with me without me like being elevated. Even on my tippy toes, it's so hard for him to reach me unless he's like bent in half or something. And I also don't like shower sex. I feel like it gets all weird with the water and kind of sticky. Anyways, I feel like if we don't have sex in our bed, then we have sex. Sorry, Scott, on the couch. (laughs) Um, sorry to all my friends that sit on my couch. They're probably like, ew, that's so nasty. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, God, that's so boring. I really need to live life. Like we've even tried, you guys, on the counter. And again, he's so tall. He has like bend in half to reach me. So it's not even worth it at that point. I'm like, fuck, let's just go upstairs. I'm over this. I love this question. Best spicy books anything by Colleen Hoover. I'm fucking obsessed with her. Bitch, I bought a Kindle for you because I was stacking too many paper books. I'm obsessed with her. She is so good at writing these incredible love stories, but also like the juiciest sex. I'm telling you right now. Someone also asked me if I watch porn. No, I don't. I don't need to when I read those books. I read those books, I roll on over, and I say, David, just lay here right now and take it. And that's what happens. So thank you, Colleen Hoover, for that. Ooh, this is a good one. Best place for lingerie, because you're probably not going to guess what I'm going to say. Y'all make fun of me for spending money. And so many people are so mad at what I buy. But my favorite lingerie is from Amazon. You can't get better. I'm sorry, bitch. I will not fucking spend $200 on a set from Victoria's Secret. That's mid to average and I'll wear probably one time. I am telling you, Amazon lingerie slaps so hard. I have an entire section in my storefront of just the lingerie I own. I own all of them. The quality is insane. 
it's so inexpensive. It's like between 20 and $30, I would say, which is so cheap for lingerie. Cause if you've ever bought lingerie, you know, the quality is so fucking good. And I remember I wore a set and David was like, that's the hottest lingerie you've ever worn. Is that from like an expensive boutique? Like, where's it from? I was like, no, it's $20 from Amazon. So Amazon is the way to go. I'm telling you right now, just read the reviews, you know, for sizing for yourself. Cause sometimes it's kind of off, but Amazon is the shit. This isn't super saucy. It's more just personal. What is the hardest part of being an influencer, especially in such a critical generation? Oh, it's rough. And you know what? I am so grateful for this life. Like truly wouldn't change it for anything. I feel so blessed, so privileged you know, being able to be home with my kids and work whatever hours I want, work with dream brands, have just be, have so much work satisfaction and truly loving what I do, starting new businesses, also to be able to be paid just a ridiculous amount of money compared to what I was paid as a nurse, right? But actually truly love it. I feel so lucky for that. But the one thing, and I think any other content creator or celebrity public figure, whoever will think this, the one thing that I wish was different was the amount of hate you get. It is truly insane. Also, just the amount of lies told about you. Like the rumors I've heard about myself and my family from other websites is, it's actually kind of laughable. Like it's funny to me because I I could go on tomorrow and show screenshots and proof of anything to set their record straight, but it's just not even worth my time because they will find something new tomorrow to obsess over. But all that matters is what I know, what my family knows, my closest friends know, my babies, my niece, my nephew, like all that matters is what they see and what they know me to be and my husband to be and that's all that matters but I'm not going to say it's not difficult I feel like I'm a pretty tough bitch and I've never been on certain websites ever in my life because I knew even before I was an influencer how evil they were that I've never once read them and I'm very proud of that because I feel like if I ever started I would never stop but I would also really worry about my mental health but these are things that have been brought to my attention by comments or DMs or peers or screenshots or my team, you know, and that is really hard because if people in your life read those things too, then they kind of like start to question maybe. And that also hurts. And I feel like that's also a hard part in this industry is you do lose a lot of people because people can get very strange when your life changes or all of a sudden you're in the quote public eye. It's it's really hard. And I also think you have to surround yourself with people that are so sacred and respectful and almost secretive of your life because I don't want anything that would get out to risk my family's safety. I mean, there's been instances where the layout of my home was leaked 
on these nasty sites. They knew where my children slept at night. That's truly sickening. It's like, it's disgusting. And the fact that people hate me so bad to leak that, to put my kids, my family in danger, that's sick. And the only thing I can think in my head that gets me through it, as well as a lot of my friends in the public eye, is something has to be so wrong with that person to do that and to truly hate someone that much that they've never even met before, that they have this opinion based off things they read on the internet that people have made up. It's just truly crazy. And I can't control other people's opinions of me. I never will be able to. But what they think of me is their choice. And if they don't want to block me or choose not to watch me and they're going to obsessively watch me to criticize everything I do and make it their entire life's goal to hate me, then that's on them. Because I'm sleeping like a fucking queen at night. I'm laying my head on that silk pillow knowing that I'm a good person, a good mom, a good wife, a good friend, and I'm loyal and I love very deeply. Now, those other people, I don't know how they're sleeping at night, probably in their mom's basement, but I wish them luck. Are you so happy with your boob job and would you have done anything different? I definitely would not have done anything different. I'm obsessed with my boobs. I'm telling you, they sit so naturally. Like if you follow me on Instagram and you've seen my photos, I'm sure you've seen, they just sit so natural, but also don't look saggy, which is exactly why I paid for a lift. Also, for those that don't know what I got, I'll just fill you in. I naturally, before I had kids, was a 34 double D. So I was always very busty. My family just has very busty women. So I breastfed Ziggy for about 10 months and then I breastfed Stevie for 14 months. So when you have larger boobs and you breastfeed, they literally turn into long saggy socks. Like, and my nipple was hanging four inches long. It, they were, it was rough out there. I look back at old photos. I'm like, damn, it's really crazy what babies do to you. Like, God, I remember, this is actually really funny. I remember when I stopped breastfeeding Ziggy, because my boobs were huge when I breastfed. If you can imagine like how big they were naturally, imagine them full of milk. And I overproduced. I made so much milk. Thank God for that. But so my boobs are just massive. And I remember telling David when I started weaning Ziggy, I was like, dang, my boobs are like really changing. And he's like, no, what are you talking about? They'll still look amazing. And then like a month later, a month later, I was standing naked in the mirror and he comes behind me and he was like, just sweet old David. Like he doesn't even, he doesn't have a bad bone in his body. And he's like, whoa, like, yeah, wow, your boobs did really change, huh? Like in the sweetest voice. And I was like, yeah, they did. Now get away from me. I was so mad. So anyways, fast forward, I got pregnant with Stevie a couple of years later. Boobs are massive again. Breastfed her for a year and two months. And then once my milk dried up, I was like, this is the fucking time. Because I had a tubal ligation with Stevie. So I knew she was my last baby. And so I was like, I want them done now. Like these are my, these are my like good for you for going through pregnancy and breastfeeding. You're done having kids. Get those titties. So I got a, I got implants. I got 330 cc's and I got the same cc's on both sides because my left breast had a ton of 
like extra tissue compared to my right because my kids always preferred to nurse on my left. And so she removed some of that tissue. That way they matched in size. And then I got a lift and I'm so happy I did. I actually did not want to lift. I went into that consult and I was like, I don't want to lift. I don't want the extra scar. I just want implants. Like they're not that saggy. They were saggy girl. Like I look back at photos and I'm like, the fuck were you seeing? I'm glad I was looking at myself in a better manner, but yeah, they were very saggy. And so my doctor who Dr. Khan is my plastic surgeon. She works at Dr. Malik's office here in Scottsdale. This is not, I did not work with her in any way. I paid her in full. She's in fucking credible. If you're looking for a plastic surgeon, amazing. But anyways, she was like, what's going to happen is you have so much excess tissue below your nipple that if I put the implant in, it might look kind of like lumpy weird. But she was like, I totally support you. If you don't want to lift, we can do a lift later if you regret it, but I'm just giving you the option. And I kind of thought on it and I was like, I don't want to go under again. Like this is like a one and done procedure until I have to swap out my implants. And so we did it. And I'm so fucking happy that I did. The lift like really changed the game. First of all, she did not have to give me an anchor scar. So I only have a scar from the bottom of my nipple down to the bottom of my boob. Which, by the way, I'm not even one year post-op. And Scott can attest, they are almost completely gone. Like, flesh color, look truly incredible. I'm so grateful. And then she had lifted my nipple up since she did a lift to make sure it was, like, perky and high and matched. I'm very much a no-bra type girly. So I loved that I got a lift because I literally don't have to wear a bra. Like, sometimes I'll wear pasties if I'm wearing something that my nipples need to be covered. But I don't need the support of a bra because they sit so perfect. So best thing I ever did. I know people ask. I paid $14,440, I think was the exact cost for both, which is honestly an incredible price. I've seen people get quoted like between 18 and 25K for what I got done. So it was 9000 for the implants and like an extra 5K for the lift. But so well spent. I'm so happy if you're even considering getting your boobs done, get them done. I'm telling you, your confidence will literally skyrocket. Okay, fave toys in the bedroom. I love a vibrator. I love a little butt plug. I love... Shit, what else? I feel like those are like the top two that we use. We've used others in the past, but honestly, I've never gone back to them. Like those are our two, you know? Just our OGs. Oh, also, little tip. If you are thinking about getting into anal, get like one of those tiny little baby butt plugs and put that in when you guys are having sex like doggy and use your vibrator. Thank me later. How do you guide a man when he is eating you out and he's just not doing it right? <laughs> I've been there, girl. I've been there. Here's the thing. Like I was saying before, I feel like communication is so important, especially in the bedroom. And to be honest, if either one of you can't have that or are embarrassed, it just shows insecurities. Like if you're talking to him and he's doing it for the right reasons to pleasure you, he should be appreciative you're telling him that and not like, ah, just let me do it. Like, don't listen. Let's not be insecure. Okay. Okay. I feel like 
you can guide him in the moment and that kind of helps like diffuse it, you know, like kind of tell him what you're feeling, what you like. Also, when he's doing something you like, tell him, like tell him, I like that. Yes, whatever. Moan a certain way, say his name, whatever gets you there. But I feel like that is such an easy hint to them. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Okay, buddy. And if not, you guys can definitely sit down and like have that conversation of like, I liked it when you did this or this. Or if they're mad at you for kind of guiding them because they think you're correcting them, you just need to talk about that. Because I feel like sex is all about communication and it's a two-way street. You guys both want each other to enjoy it. So like talk about it. Okay, last question. Advice for girls in their 20s that love sex, but guys aren't getting the job done. Listen, it's probably because you're 20 and you're probably hooking up with guys your age, which nothing wrong with that at all, but they're just not experienced. I think like telling them in the moment, like, I don't like that, or you should do it like this, or I like it like this. I feel like that helps a lot. Or maybe if you even initiate the conversation with them, like, what do you like? Because maybe they'll be like, oh, what do you like? Or if you tell them what you like, then they can't argue with you, right? I also feel like, I mean, you're so young. I don't know if you're in a relationship or not, but I feel like bringing the vibrator into it always helps because it doesn't matter who you're with, what they're doing. Like that's going to help you get to where you want to go. But listen, like I said, you're probably with guys that are closer to your age. You will find someone as time goes on that's more experienced and mature enough to grow with you in the bedroom because I also think that's important too like David and I have grown so much in our physical relationship it's obviously we're having way better sex now than we were in the beginning because I feel like we're so much more comfortable now that we're more willing to like experiment and communicate so I feel like as you start to grow and you meet someone that's maybe on a higher maturity level then they're willing to have a mature physical relationship in the bedroom with you. Okay, you guys, that completes the first saucy episode we've ever done here on Cheers. I hope you guys loved it. I loved it because I felt like I was talking to all my girlfriends. Let us know if you want us to do another episode like this because I would love to and there's obviously a million more questions I could answer. I love you guys so much. I will see you next Monday. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers.